thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by writer-director Berkeley Brady to discuss her new film, Dark Nature. The film tells the story of a therapy group that's forced to confront their monsters of their past when an isolated weekend retreat tests their emotional resilience and ability to survive. Big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring this episode and to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com or on Twitter by following at followingfilms. Please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash followingfilms slash support. Dark Nature will be in theaters May 19th. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello again. I was like, Jordan, no, we figured it out. Okay, good, good. Thank you so much. I wasn't sure if I had written down the wrong email when I sent that over or I tried oh, no. to. <laughs> so... I, uh, yeah. Cause I didn't get an email. I got the one from my website, but maybe I typed it in wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I just went ahead and yeah, I was hoping that would have made it to you. So good. I'm glad you were able to make it in. Thank you for no uh, your patience and making this happen. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. No, I love this movie. Um, you do. I, awesome. I, no, I absolutely do. I can't, remember a time when I hated a character as immediately as I hated <laughs> the, the man in the opening sequence of this film. And it's really every beat is just underscoring why I immediately disliked this man. <laughs> and to, and so it's incredibly effective. And um, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about um <laughs> the setting the tone of this film because i think you really do that well and this is it works obviously as setting this as this traumatic event that's referenced back to um throughout the entire film and really if you don't establish that well i think the rest of the film doesn't work and so it really is uh put together by this and you have to have somebody who leaves a lasting impression or a moment that leaves a lasting impression throughout the film yeah, well, thank you. I'm so glad um, because a lot of thought went into that and there were a lot of rewrites and iterations. Um, I, of course, want to give credit to Daniel Arnold, who plays uh, the the bad boyfriend. Yeah. He did a really great job. He got the assignment and just went for it. And actually, I'm working on a project with him um, and I'd wanted to work with him for a long time. So he's, he's not like that at all. <laughs> I assumed. I assumed. Yeah, he's an actor. He, he's a good actor. Um and yeah, I think one thing, there's so many sort of pieces that came together for that. But one was I worked for a really long time on an Alice Monroe short story that I wanted to adapt called Dimensions. Mm. And it was sort of a sordid tale of thinking I had the rights or a good chance at them. And then I didn't. And then just getting your heart broken. So lesson number one, don't put time and effort in until you get those rights um, <laughs> <laughs> to adapt. But it's just such a great um, short story. And one thing I loved is also about a woman who's experienced an extremely traumatic event, which is that her husband murdered their three children. And I love that in the beginning, she pulls you in kind of like with little hints that something's different about this woman. And then she goes to her therapist's office and it's boom, you find out what happened. And I thought, oh, it's kind of refreshing. That she's not like teasing this out, like yeah. dragging this, this, like what happened? What happened? Let's just get into that. So I pushed that even further, put this event at the top and really want to set the tone for like an abusive relationship as a horror. Because also I think for horror fans, they want to be scared. 
as a horror fan, I want to be scared. <laughs> yeah. I want to just jump in. And so I, so I did that. Well, and I think that for a genre fan, and I love horror films, I'm a sucker for it. I think my favorite ones though, are ones that are about something beyond the supernatural event or the thrill of it, that it's, if you could, you could remove the horror from it and there would still be a story worth telling. And this is clearly the horror in this is a mirror. And in fact, it underlines and supports the story. Um, Everything from the reason that they're in the woods and they're in this very beautiful area um, that has the appearance of being perfect, but there's this underlying thing there. And this, and that's that what you see in that opening scene, this is very beautiful apartment, this beautiful couple, everything should look like these are successful people. It should be a, it's picturesque, but there's real horror underneath it. And that's what is happening throughout this film. It's just going back to that. It's everything is designed for confronting that trauma of that whole, whole film really. And I think that it's because it's secondary, it's effective. I think because you actually care about this character's growth and this character's arc. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. And could you talk a little bit about, do you talked about, a lot of thought and care went into certain elements of this film and the writing of it, obviously the look of it, but really the sound design here is incredible. The music is incredible. The way that you use these acoustic instruments mixed with this bizarre ambient noise at times, that's so unsettling and unnerving that again, it's this thing that's quite beautiful, but uncomfortable at the same time. Yeah, that was, that was the goal. And (laughs) um, that's what I, you know, we only have so much budget to get these camera costs a lot. But not to say it's cheap, but you can do things in sound. And sound is a whole realm of filmmaking that, especially in horror, I think is so important. Just tones that on a subconscious level can make us uncomfortable. Um, And then I was really lucky, um, thanks to my producer, Michael Peterson. He connected me both with Propeller, who was the sound studio in Calgary, who did the sound design. Mm. And then Ghostkeeper, who's the band who did the compositions. And so we talked a lot about creating that eerie effect. I gave them samples of horror films I liked, like, or thought that, you know, had really great scores. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now, but what's the one with the girl? She's like tied to the chair and the dead person comes. And then you're like, you have to pass the curse on. Oh, uh, it follows. Yeah. yeah, it follows. I think that soundtrack was amazing. Um, Pet Cemetery. Sure. Yeah. And a couple songs from Pet Cemetery that I loved. Parts from um, There Will Be Blood. Um, just sounds that, I also wanted to keep it really local in terms of, and just, or just organic and sort of simple. So Ghostkeeper use their voices a lot. They do the whispers that are, that are there. So that was kind of a, a combo between sound design and composition, which this was my first feature. So I wasn't sure how much I could go back and forth with that, but it turns out you can, you can kind of just keep everyone in the loop. And Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookman's, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys uh, and movies and and the coffee news. You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front? That's great. So, last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? A stick from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the uh, ex- 
Well, as to cover, sorry, sorry, I want So, no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So, based on this cover, you see glass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart because in this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter and New York turns into a prison in this movie and there's the hero as you can see very strong in fact oh yeah now this is one of my favorite movies i love this movie now you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old but do you think in a couple years from now when you get a little bit older you'll want to check out escape from new york yes okay what's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at bookman's that you like come here talk so that people can hear you a little shop of horrors little shop of horrors that's a great movie so when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Um, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was a good idea. Um, like the composers added this and sound designers did this or they would take parts away. You know, I kept, I, I did pare back some of the composition just because I wanted to keep it really simple. Um, but I'm just lucky that Mike connected me with such talented musicians. Well, it's something that it is simple, but it's it's effective at times. It's it's something that it doesn't feel like you're being bombarded, but it feels like all of the the cutting and the music is psychological that you're getting inside the character's heads with every one of the cuts in the film. Um, at times you have these moments that feel like they're just these random images, but really you're getting inside the character's head and it's, it feels like the music is also an extension of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think Ghost Keeper, they also used a lot of um, like drums and sort of like just basic instruments. Mm -hmm. I think that as just writers and musicians themselves, they have a lot of heart and a lot of feeling. So I think that they were really able to go into that sort of subjective feeling and, and bring it out. I think it freaked them out too. They're like, oh, I don't know about this movie. What have we signed up for? I'm like, do it. It's great. It's horror. It's fun. The blood well, is real. <laughs> and, and, and that's, well, no, but that, and that's the thing that it's the best kind of horror is speaking to a truth. And I think that there is it saying that I had fun with this feels like the wrong <laughs> message to give, but I did. I really enjoyed this. I think that this is, one of those rare films that you could show to somebody that's strictly a genre fan that has no interest in anything beyond that. But you could also show this to people outside that somebody that's interested in something that's deeply rooted in humanity, somebody that just wants a story about a person dealing with a traumatic event. And I think that they would find something in this as well, that you have a unexpected crossover appeal with this film that I, you might not anticipate from something from dread, which I, I love dread. I love everything that they yeah. do, but it's uh this is something that I think has a lot of heart behind it. It it does. And blood, sweat, and tears, not to mention <laughs> heart attacks, heart attacks. Um, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I love being part of Judd too. And I know there are those horror fans who will, you know, I, I did really aim to make this a horror for horror fans as a horror fan. I'm not here dipping in horror so that I can get a movie made. It's like I'm no. committed to the it, horror fans. It's, this it doesn't feel cynical. I, I see oh. enough stuff that I know I can, you can smell cynicism from a wild, right? wild mile or away. Someone, yeah. 
Exactly. And I think there are a lot of directors who are like, I'm going to do this, but oh, I'm, it's, I'm actually above horror. It's like, I'm not above horror. No. I aspire to like, I'm below horror. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, it's a really incredible genre and I have a lot of respect for it. But um, I also do love just a story and I love stories of friendship. And for me, this is really a friendship story because I thought a lot, you know, trauma and triggers and um, just trauma in general is just so in the zeitgeist yeah. that like what's new to be said. And to me, it's like the complexity of it and the effect that it has on one's friends. You know, it's sort of like the ripples of her trauma affect not just her. They yeah, affect her I, friend. They affect her, the doctor. All these things happen as a result. And I think also this idea that sometimes there's like, oh, get better help or go to therapy and you'll be fine. It's like, good, do all those things. But that doesn't mean the world's going to stop like slinging crap at you. <laughs> you could be in the middle of your healing journey and your parents could die in a car accident. Like horrible things happen anytime. And to me, that's just really truthful. And to be able to talk about that in film, it's like, oh, this feels like cathartic to me. There's a release in that. Oh, absolutely. And there's something that's really um, beautiful in the ending of this film, not to give it away, but it's something that I feel is very honest and it's very real that the change here is not monumental. This is something inching towards, there's a lot of work to be done after this film (laughs) ends. Like, in fact, we might be in a worse spot than we started, but there's a roadmap on how to get forward, um, which there's hope at the end of this film. And there is that pathway forward. And it's something that you don't feel, it doesn't feel cheap in that sense. Every act of violence in this film carries a significant amount of weight um, that you don't, nothing feels cavalier in this film. Oh, Um, good. I tried. Which, which don't get me wrong. I, I have no problem with the film that has yeah. a body count and that's all they want to do is creative yeah. kills and get that. But this is not something that that's clearly not the agenda of this film that you do want to tell a story that has a little bit more on its mind. And I think if you were to have treated those kills, the moments in this film where there is violence with less weight, that ending wouldn't have been earned and it could have felt really cheesy, but you actually earned that ending. Oh, good. You're my favorite interviewer yet. <laughs> Thank you, so much. <laughs> you just really get it. Like some people just are kind of like, don't get it as well. So I appreciate it. I, uh, how, how can anybody that's lived through the last three years not get this, not understand that? Like it's, it, yeah. I mean, there's so many, while this is not my story, this yeah. is something that anybody that has, yeah, I, I just feel like this is a story that's very relatable and it's very, it doesn't feel like something that's hidden. This is pretty much, it's on the surface is a deeply relatable story. And it's something okay. that, yeah, yeah I, I just I wanted that. And I hope to you, it's like for men too. It's like, I want to be able to talk about something and show a character like Joy who goes through this experience. But it's not like, it's not that, that you couldn't take something else. It's not like unique to being a woman that, you're going to come up against some evil people or people who want right. to hurt. And however that feels, it's going to be hurtful. It just happens. This is like a female group, but I hope men also can be like, yeah, or they can be like, you know what? That was confusing. She confused him. I kind of get why he got mad. And that's not to say he should have done all those things he did. There's no excuse for violence, but it's like, she is not the easiest person. And I really wanted not to make her an anti-hero, so to speak, but not to make her, easy to understand like she doesn't make the right choices oh no of, of course not no but yeah, yeah and you're right violence is never the answer in that but we 
that we often make choices and we have reactions that we're not even aware of what we're doing in the moment. It's just, there's the thing that feels right in that time. And then you look back at it and it's when we start kind of. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.